Welcome to Volume 1 of the Evolution Sports Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the impact of the second screen experience. So I'm going to kick it over to Dave so he can kind of break into what is a second screen and some of the stats behind that. Great, thanks. Yeah, so basically the second screen is leveraging your phone or your tablet um, while you're watching TV to engage with or enhance, you know, the viewing experience that you're having there or to provide, you know, some kind of other form of entertainment. Uh, what we found with this study is that sports fans are often using, you know, social networks during games they're watching. They're chatting or messaging with friends, reading emails, reading the news, or playing games. Um, how this really, we want, kind of want to get into next is how this impacts the way live sports are consumed. Um, so the first thing that comes to mind for me is that you're able to be quickly alerted when something is breaking in sports, whether it's news or whether it's something you should be turn, tuning into, like a no-hitter, um, like a, a big NBA performance, maybe a close game in overtime. But kind of what what areas are you seeing this impact sports? I mean, I know definitely from, you know, because like I said, I'm a big Phillies fan, so they tend to hang out on top of my Twitter. Uh, you know, Reese Hoskins hits a bomb. I know about it. Uh, you know, they're immediately have got – the Phillies do a really great job of having that, you know, maybe 10, 15 second uh, replay up. You already know about it. You know, hey, I can just boom, pop in and see what the score is real quick. Um, so I know definitely from, you know, an NBA has done a great job with this. Uh, you know, what do you kind of see in there, Dave? What do you, what do you see when you, you hop on your Twitter, you know, in the middle of a live game? Yeah, I would definitely say that it just it helps you stay on top of things around the league too. So if I'm watching a Phillies game yet I'm on Twitter, um, I might see that Clay Thompson's going off for 30 points in the third quarter. I might want to tune over to that, um, or you know some other incredible performances going down. It gives you that opportunity to not just wait and see the highlights tomorrow or to you know read about it later on, but actually be part of that and engage with the community that you have, whether it's on Twitter or you know Instagram or Facebook. You're you know, talking with your friends and also people in the industry that you, you know, follow and respect. So it gives you a nice experience, not just, you know, watching the game at home. You're kind of watching it with people, whether you're, you know, by yourself or not. Definitely. I mean, I think it's a great way that uh, I know the millennials and this generation is super engaged with each other, uh, usually through a, a second device like a smartphone or a tablet, not necessarily in person, as you've kind of noticed on their lack of social skills. But uh, you know, you see really that the, hey, you know, you're, you're caught together, you know, you've got your smartphone, your things like that, or you're really being able to just, hey, here, here's what I got going on. I, I might be watching a game, but I, I still know what's going on. Um, you know, Dave, what are you seeing from, I know you tend to frequent games, you know, pretty much on a, on a regular basis. You catch more probably pro games than I do since uh, closest thing pro-wise to me is up in Charlotte because I'm down in Nor- out, out in the coast on North Carolina. Uh, so the closest thing for me really is the Panthers. So I don't get too many pro stuff. I get a lot of a lot of high school and college games. But uh, with you being you know closer to the to the pros, what are you seeing? You know how live sports are being impacted while at a game? Yeah, I mean the second screen is becoming the norm at sporting events, um, especially when you think about baseball. Given the pace of play, how many stoppages there are, it's, there's plenty of time to whether it be on your phone to you know stay up to date on what's going on in the game and. You know, follow the beat reporters and really stay up to date on that stuff. Other stuff within the industry or other games that are going on, or to be just sharing the experience with friends. Whether you're taking, you know, video or, um, you know, s- stories for Snapchat, um, it gives you an opportunity to engage with the people who aren't there, or you know, share the experience you're having there with other people. Definitely, definitely. I, you know, I, I kind of see the same thing. I know. Uh, just watching the other day, I was on MLB.tv because uh, I wanted to catch Chase Utley at. at I'm going to say back at home in Philadelphia for probably, it's going to be basically hopefully, well, 
hopefully it's his final time because you know we we might catch him in the playoffs. Uh, assuming the Phillies keep going and the Dodgers keep going the way they are, um, but it, you know you, you could see when he was up to bat how many people were either Facebook living it, uh, you know Twitter living it via video or things like that, or just taking videos. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, and even though that content's going to be available on YouTube later on, we see the people, you know, they want to record it on their own, show their own experience that, hey, I was there, and hey, this is my perspective, not just a TV broadcast. And you really get that authenticity. You hear the crowd noise. Um, and it really becomes a balance of whether you're watching, you know, the experience through your phone or if you're recording it and you're kind of amplifying that by saving it for later. Um, so that's a balance that I find myself struggling with when I go to games. Definitely. I know, uh, you know, especially baseballs really talk big on pace of play and keeping folks engaged because a four-hour baseball game gets long. It does. Um, but I know especially especially NFL-wise, just how many timeouts. Um, so, you know, you kind of looked at 87% of millennials are never without their smartphone. So you can kind of break that into, um, you know, you figure you're, you're at an average sporting event. No, not everybody's going to be a millennial, but even if you kind of break those numbers down and say, hey, that's 70%, I think it's probably a reasonable number because mm-hmm. I think millennials are older than I think people realize at times. But say 70, 70% of folks have their smartphone with them at all times. So it's one of those things you kind of take a look at and think, you know, if you're, you're not from a sports franchise, from a league, uh, really keeping on top of being able to get this content to you, you're falling behind. Exactly. And, you know, the teams and, um, you know, their departments, they know that this is part of, you know, the in-game experience. and They're trying to adapt to that. We've seen some NFL teams offer NFL Red Zone streaming. Um, A lot of these stadiums boost their Wi-Fi's to really try to give you the service that you need to access the information or to share it. Um, Even MLB with the ballpark app there, you're able to order food and drink directly to your seat, which is awesome, saves time. Um, it really is convenient. You can even pay on there. But then by doing so, they're able to, you know, target you with ads based on places you walk around the ballpark or, you know, give you stuff to promote future games. So it really is a balancing act, but they're able to, you know, leverage that you're already on your phone. We might as well be there too. And here's how we can capitalize on, you know, your changes in behavior with the technology. Definitely. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that you really see, you know, they're, they're trying to make sure that you're engaged, you're getting what you want. Um, you know, you mentioned NFL Red Zone. We talk about that second screen of, you know, 92% of millennials are actively browsing a second screen while watching TV. Um, you know, NFL Red Zone, for me, kind of really changed that whole second screen experience. Um, it, it, it'd be hard-pressed for me to want to spend an afternoon, really it's not even an afternoon at a game. It, it's, it's an all-day affair when you, you figure if you add in tailgating and things like that mm-hmm. uh you know you're gonna be there all day you got the game by the time you get out of there and everything else it's you know it's an all-day affair where i can go to nfl red zone and it is non-stop action it's incredible yeah it's i know for me after i go from watching that to watching a single game whether it be sunday night or monday night football it's a challenge because you're used to the constant stimuli you're used to scott hansen taking you around every game every big moment um, and then getting back to regular sports where you do have whatever, a lot, like 11 minutes of live action during an NFL game that takes four hours. Um, it's definitely a struggle. And that's when I bring yep. back in my second screen and maybe a third screen to keep me occupied. I totally, totally agree. Because then you figure the rise, especially with the rise of fantasy uh, sports and kind of how they're, 
you know, you take a look at, at a Scott Fish and a, and a Matthew Berry, how, um, you know, the folks that Matthew Berry being more mainstream, I think, than, than Scott. I know a lot of us in the, in the Dynasty community know who Scott is, um, and hopefully we can get him on a later podcast at some point. Uh, but you kind of look at, you know, with the rise of all those things and that second screen that, you know, I'm checking my fantasy lineups during the game and I want to see who's doing well. Uh, but you're totally right on the red zone. Once once you do seven hours of action, when they stop for commercial, it gets weird. Uh, so I think that constant stimulus, the constant seeing what's going on, you're, you feel like you're not missing anything is really important. Yeah, and that's the biggest feeling that I get from having the second screen. Um, I can't remember going to ESPN.com or a site like that to find my news. I used to do that all the time. Um, but as soon as I discovered Twitter and I could create a customized feed of you know, what news I want to follow, the beat reporters I want to follow, and I'm getting some extra stuff that they're sharing. Um, but it really consume, it really covers everything that I, you know, want to consume. And it's tailored to me, and I find myself refreshing it and being eager to see, you know, the next news that gets presented to me. I, I would agree with that one. Um, it, it's one of those, you can kind of really tailor what you want, see what you want. You're cutting a lot of those things out. Um, so I know definitely from from a live game, I, I think red zones really kind of changed just kind of how I, I whether I really want to go because um, you know one of the things with sports popularity, especially pro games, are expensive. Uh, so I think you know sports franchises are really doing working hard to find that fine line of giving you enough while you're at the stadium and at the ballpark um, or at the hockey rink. And you can hear the thunder in the background because it's uh, storming down here. Uh, they really give you that content of really trying to make sure that you're getting everything so you're not missing something because you spent a good chunk of your money and time to be there. Absolutely. It's a real investment to go. And they, I think they're realizing that and they're trying to create more ways to you know, get you to go to the ballpark or the, you know, the stadium. Um, but then they're also trying to enhance the experience when you're staying up to date on the team. So if we transition a little bit to the at-home experience where you're on your TV, you're watching your TV or your tablet, and then you're also, you know, engaging on your smartphone. Uh, I think we've seen some leagues in particular, um, M- MLB TV, which I think you mentioned, that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really big in popularity right now, NBA League Pass, and even some of the local, the local teams. So here in Philly, we've got um, NBC Sports Philadelphia and all of the, you know, Phillies, Flyers, and Sixers games are all streamable on your tablet. Um, which is, you know, pretty amazing that anywhere you go, you can still catch that content and you don't need an extra device like a Slingbox. Definitely. I think that's really big for the kind of the growth and the health of professional sports. Uh, you got to make it accessible uh, with the amount of way people, you know, how people consume their material. Because uh, you can kind of look that, um, you know, if you look from, we, we've got a nice chart here uh, that runs from here in the last about five years just people that are watching TV and using another device. Uh, you know, smartphones went from 51, just about 52% on up to 80% in just a four or five year span. Um, you know, tablets going up another 10%. Uh, you know, you could see, you know, just a regular desktop or laptops up, you know, three or 4%. Uh, so you can really see in the last several years, just the rise of that, having that second screen and having some more, more content than just what you're watching. Definitely. And we're seeing the teams um, really adapting well to this on their own. Um, They're hiring staff specifically for this that excel in social media, that excel in getting, it's really branding and keeping, you know, keeping you aware and then driving conversions later on. Um, But we're seeing them send people to the ballparks, 
to do Snapchat stories, to post um, images and really tell the story there, um, keep the brand top of mind, and then get you to hopefully come back and spend some money in the future. Definitely. Now, uh, kind of transitioned away from a little bit. Of, I know this is a sports podcast and technology, things like that. Um, but, you know, one of the stats is 92%, which is an insanely high number to me. Uh, so 92 out of 100 millennials actively browse their second screen while watching television. Uh, I know speaking for me personally, Dave, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm part of that 87% of millennials that never without their smartphone. I've always got mine. Uh, you know, when I leave the house, I, you know, three things I check. I got my wallet, my keys, my cell phone. Do I got all three? Um, and I think you could lump in smart watches at this point. Um, I know, uh, you know, all the alerts come to my watch. So I, I could not have my my phone out and, you know, somebody hits me up on Twitter or, or share something with me. I'm going to be able to see it without having to pull my phone out. Uh, so I know for me, there's really not a time watching television that even subconsciously, I just have my phone out and maybe it's on. Maybe yeah, I take a quick glance through Twitter, refresh, check my email, little stuff like that. But I feel like it's always there. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's the same case for me too. And I try to be better about putting it away when I can. Um, I find if it's like a really big sporting event that I'm into, like recently with the Sixers playoffs, I would pretty much be off of it during the game because that's at least fast paced enough where you don't have the downtime like you might with football or baseball. Uh, But as soon as the commercial breaks were going on, I was excited to catch back up on Twitter, see what people were saying, see the highlights of an Embiid dunk or whatever, you know, may have just happened. Um, And then with regular TV, I find that I'm almost always on my smartphone. Um, It really just provides another source of entertainment, um, just another stimuli during, you know, what you're watching. The only time I really put it away for that would be a TV show that you really have to stay, you know, super into the plot and you can't deviate from that, like Game of Thrones or, you know, another show that really you have to be focused enough and, you know, to really stay in the storyline and not miss anything. Definitely. I mean, I'm a huge Game of Thrones guy. I got a Game of Thrones tattoo. My wife's got one. Like, we're, we're real big Game of Thrones people. I know that's probably about the one time uh, you'll see me not on Twitter, not on Facebook, not on doing something is, is definitely during Game of Thrones time. Uh, I know last thing, uh, spoiled alert, I don't want to see Jon Snow die or Jon Snow get resurrected or any of those things. Uh, so, spoiler alert, if you haven't caught up yet on that one, um, you should have. If you haven't, um, disregard what I said. You'll understand it later. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those. That's about really the only show that, that either myself or, or my wife and I watch together that I'm like, hey, let me put my smartphone away that I really have to consciously either put it in the other room or just make sure it's off just because last thing I want, on, especially on a show like Game of Thrones, is some spoilers. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just to that point, we're seeing... We did find some stats online that showed the amount of time people are spending on, you know, their devices each day. And this is non-working hours. Um, we're seeing people on their smartphones for almost three hours a day. Um, computer about... You, you, I'm sorry, you, you said you said three hours? Three hours. On your smartphone? Which seems hard to believe given time. the amount of time in a day. Um, Ooh, well. Two hours on a computer and a little over an hour on a tablet. And of course, that's... You're using multiple devices at a time, so there is some overlap there, but that's almost all of your time is looking at you know a screen which is pretty incredible oh man you you I, 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 three hours seems like a lot but i could i could totally see it uh you figure how many people first thing when they do wake up is check their phone uh, i know i'm guilty of it pretty often you know hey it's alarm goes off which is on my smartphone because i don't have an alarm clock i just got a phone so you know that that goes off i, I turn that off you know next thing i know it's five ten minutes later i've, I've wandered 
you know, either to start my coffee or something like that, smartphone in hand, checking Twitter, checking my emails, uh, you know, depending on what you got going on, you, you, you start right away. You do. You're hooked right from there. And a lot of people, you know, you scroll through your Instagram, scroll through your Twitter and really get caught up before the day even starts. Um, so I definitely see how it happens. And it probably it comes through five minute intervals. Then it just adds up over time. Yep. And, and I think sometimes you, you do it without even realizing. I know a lot of times you'll, you'll I mean, I know definitely on my commute into work, I see folks, you know, phone in hand on the way into work. You're like, well, what are you doing there, buddy? Yeah, you're, you're texting, yeah, exactly. driving, you're reading Twitter, you got people checking their emails. We're, we're a super connected society. Absolutely. And I know I used to take the train into Philly for work. I had my tablet out with a show and then I'd also have my phone out checking something else. So that's a lot of stimuli at once. But it feels like, you know, you just get used to that as the norm. Definitely. So, you know, to kind of transition, uh, you know, as a sports fan, Dave, you know, we've kind of talked about, hey, you've got a second screen. You've got this second screen experience, you know, as a sports fan that's listening, you know, why should they care? You know, why does it matter that, hey, we've got a second screen or we're, you know, watching television differently now? Yeah, I think I think it's definitely something to be aware of because the companies that are producing this content know that, you know, you're a distracted viewer. They're trying to get you to re-engage and, you know, keep your attention on the content they're producing or, you know, grab your attention away from something um, that someone else is producing because they know you're susceptible to that. Um, So I think from you're seeing probably on your social platforms that advertisements are pretty much tailored towards you, Um, whether it's been a website you've been to, a product you've looked at, um, targeted based on your interests. I know recently... I was targeted for um, a West Virginia football game. That's where I went to college. And, you know, I love watching the West Virginia games. There was a game that wasn't available in my market. And Sling TV ran an ad with the West Virginia logo saying that here's how you get to watch the game with this, you know, low introductory offer. And they got me to become a customer just because they had an ad that was so tailored to me. And if I had to go through all the stages of looking, well, do they have the game and all that, I probably wouldn't have done it. But since it was there for me, it was so easy. And it was so tailored towards me and actually fit in with the rest of the content on my feed. Um, it was a great experience and they got a new customer from it. Hey, I mean, that that's exactly what they're talking about, what they're looking for. Um, I, I know if anybody's ever searched anything on Google, next thing you know, um, you know, it, it is on everything that you get. You're going to get email, you might get an email about it. Um, you know, I was actually reading, speaking of, you know, content, you know, on Twitter where somebody in their house was talking about something and next thing you know, because they have an Alexa that is showing up on their stuff. So it's really kind of changed from, you know, marketing and an advertising, just kind of how, you know, how we do it. I know you're 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 the marketer, advertiser, business guy where I'm, I'm more of a, of a finance man. Uh, so, I mean, you can definitely speak to a little bit about from a, a marketing standpoint, how, how big this is. Oh, it's a huge opportunity. Um, We're really seeing a lot of brands capitalize on this, looking at it from like Google's perspective, Instagram or Facebook. They want content that fits in with your feed, um, that provides a good user experience, that gets you to stay on platform longer. So it's not just the advertisers that spend the most money that you're seeing, but it really is those that have the best engagement, um, that people like you are receptive to and want to see. So they're using that kind of data to prove you know, to decide what ads get served to you to really just provide that, you know, best user experience. We've even seen some platforms deprioritize um, stuff from companies and stuff from brands if it's not paid because they're trying to get back to their roots and say, I came to Facebook to connect with my friends and that's what we're trying to get back to now. So it is really interesting to see them adapt because they know the opportunities there. They know you're distracted and they know, you know, they can reach you right now. 
Definitely. Uh, and I know the, the, the social media platforms have done an excellent job. I really, like you said, with the, the Slingbox app uh, or, or the not app, but advertisement did a great job because it was embedded itself. Uh, they do a great job paying attention to what we're talking about. I know it's a lot of algorithms, a lot of things like that. Um, but we really got to get our content at this point at like 280 characters at a time. Um, most people I know are on the tweeter, uh, hitting them tweets, uh, you know, playing with Twitter a little bit. Uh, so you kind of really look about how, how we've changed our content. We get that 280 at a time. So as an advertiser, you've got, you know, 280 characters to capture my attention, uh, especially if it's an ad, because I'll see that it says sponsored. So sometimes I'll read them. Maybe I'll click on them. Maybe I won't, but you'll, you'll kind of see it. But you kind of really look about how that's really changed where we were on how we used to get our, our news. Um, I know you and I have talked, you know, extensively about, and we'll talk about it more kind of on our next podcast. So sneak preview next week, we're going to be talking about the evolution of content consumption. Uh, but, you know, we take talking this 280 characters at a time, how I don't go to many places to read a full news story anymore. I don't go to ESPN.com to catch my sports information. I can get it all right on Twitter for better or for worse. Yeah, you couldn't be more right about that. Um, and we're seeing... All the tailor, all the content be tailored towards shorter, um, shorter attention spans, and really trying to give you an estimate from the second you look at it, how long is it going to take for me to watch this video or even read this article? I've seen the Ringer and some other places say this is a five-minute read or this is a ten-minute read to give you that expectation, so you actually you know decide if you want to read it or not, and hopefully in their case read it. Definitely, because I mean they they want you to read it so you can click on the advertisements. That's where they're making their money too. But uh, you know. Uh, one of the things I was thinking about when we were kind of discussing this before we, we hopped on the podcast here was, you know, with that 280 characters, I, I look at, say, um, like I said, being a big Phillies guy, when Bin Laden was killed, how that got around the stadium. That wasn't an announcement made over the loudspeaker. That wasn't anything like that. That was people's fault. So that was the second screen experience firsthand delivering out the news. Um, you know, I remember That's a great being, example. Being, that was being, early being, for his time, too. Exactly. That was that was years ago. That's not even now, uh, you know, where you could talk about, hey, how did you first find out LeBron changed themes on Twitter? Uh, you know, how did you find out, you know, where, you know, Todd Gurley just signed an extension or whoever hold, is holding out right now? Like, you know about it on Twitter. Um, I know, you know, you get those woge bombs during the, the NBA draft of he, he knows five minutes before he's getting picked, who's getting picked. So it's really changed just how we, we get our information. So it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it really is. So I know as we kind of kind of wrap it up here, one of the goals of this podcast is kind of keep it a, a little shorter chunk. Um, I know myself being able to sit down and listen to an hour, hour and a half long podcast can be pretty difficult. Um, I know my drive, fortunately, my commute to work is a little shorter. I only got about a 15, 20 minute drive depending on traffic. Uh, so the goal of Evolution Sports Podcast is to kind of keep it a little shorter. I'll let you get those bite-sized chunks weekly. Uh, that way... We're cognizant of your time. We appreciate you listening. Um, so you're going to see it's going to be a little shorter. So if you think, hey, man, you guys, you, there's more to talk about. You're right. Uh, there's definitely more to talk. We're going to hit it next week. Uh, we're going to keep kind of keep this going. Uh, yeah, I know next week we're going to talk a little bit more of the evolution of content consumption and how it's changed. So we're going to talk, you know, the basically I would like to say the rise and fall of ESPN and SportsCenter, uh, the rise of the NBA, how things have just kind of changed. Uh, so we do really appreciate you guys taking the time to spend about 15, 20 minutes here with us, uh, just kind of listening, uh, being along with us. Make sure you follow uh, Dave and myself. I'm on Twitter at DrewFerraro88. Uh, you can find Dave. Uh, Dave, give him your handle. 
Sure. It's uh, D Sanders 877 on Twitter. Feel free to you know like, subscribe, rate us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. If you got some questions, uh, comments, go ahead and sit, hit us out to us. We'd uh, yep. we'd love to kind of finish the show each week with just kind of a, a recap and a, and a final thought. Um, and you know next week we'll pull in some of the great questions that we get. Uh, so you know kind of my my final thoughts here on the second device is it's here to stay. Millennials love them. I know I love mine. They continue to change. I know if if we look towards the future, what we're going to see. So future-wise, it's definitely going to be virtual reality. Uh, I, I will almost, I'm going to live and die on that hill, as I like to say, just because the amount of things you can do, I would fully expect to be able to get, you know, an in-stadium an in experience and possibly an on-the-field experience. Um, everybody remembers the old, oh, this is going to take me a second. I want to say it was like NFL 2K99 where you had the in-helmet cam. I think it was 2K5. 2K5? I knew it was one of the 2Ks. Yeah. So 99 might be a little too far, but I think it was, yeah, like yeah, 2K5 where you had the in-the-helmet cam. Um, I, I think that's definitely coming because uh, you kind of look at where we came from, where we're going. You know, we've already got 4K Ultra HD TV, which to me is better than being at the stadium. I think VR is the way to go um, from a training purposes. Um, I know a lot of, you know, race car drivers use it. Uh, I think, I think uh, you said uh, Case Keenum uses it, Dave? Yeah, Case Keenum used it before last year and had the best year of his career, and there was a great article on that that we'll share on the Twitter account, too. Definitely. So, you know, that's where I think we're going. So the second second screen, second tablet, your your handheld device is definitely going to be here to stay. Uh, so you might as well, if you're, you're into, into advertising and the brands, get on board with it. Uh, if you think people are just going to put their phone away and tune into you for two hours, you are sadly mistaken. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Let's get your final thoughts here today. Sure. Yeah. So I definitely agree that it's here to stay. Um, I think snackable content's a big word that we hear, um, but it really is content that's consumable in small bites. That when you do have that, you know, short time of five to ten minutes of downtime, um, you know, what are you gravitating to? Is it your Twitter feed? Is it Instagram? And you know, that content there it has to be short enough to. It's not like lean back viewing where my, a TV show or movie might be, but it really is. How can I get my message across in a couple of minutes? So I think that's definitely a huge thing. And then with the podcast, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to fit into your schedule, um, trying to provide some information, some different kinds of perspectives that you may not see elsewhere. Um, we're really just trying to make you think and see if um, you know what ideas you guys have as well. Yeah, so definitely drop us a line. Let us know. Uh, just a couple thank yous here. I want to thank you guys, especially being the consumer. You're the sports fan. You're the one listening. Uh, you know, without you guys, we don't really have a podcast. It's just two guys talking to each other. So we really do appreciate you guys uh, being along for the ride. Like I said, like, subscribe, rate us, let us know what you think. Uh, definitely hit us up on Twitter. Uh, as you as you can tell by the first tier, Volume 1, we are all over Twitter, uh, being on top of that. I do want to thank uh, Dust2Design. He uh, handled our, our logo, got that done for us. Uh, if you need any logo work, some graphic design work, I highly, highly recommend him. Uh, he does great work. Um, you can find him you know, on Twitter. He's on Twitch. Uh, we'll get him on the show later down the road. Uh, he's a big a big gamer so we'll, we'll talk about that so it's going to be sports it's going to be technology it's going to be a whole lot in between and uh i just want to say thank you guys thanks for coming out yeah and i echo those thoughts um definitely enjoy i mean i appreciate everybody for downloading and hope you enjoyed the first episode and uh definitely give the next one a look too please 